it was back in the early days of online dating. Like, mm. hey, on the internet, she doesn't know you're a dog, you know, meaning mm. that you're ugly. On the internet, you don't know if, you're, if your company has yep. backups. You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my bathroom plumbing consultant, Persona Maliandi. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I think bathroom plumbing is all on you, Curtis. Dude, I think you're dude, the expert you, at that. You, in the midst of my little incident, that's what we'll call it, my incident, you immediately said, well, what about the thing? I was like, no, it's not the thing. Yeah, it turned out to be the thing. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, what about the flange with the thing? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like doing it, you know. Um, this is one and of those this things. I did not learn from what? YouTube. This was actually practical experience. I did not watch a YouTube video about this. This is something that I you had actually experienced. did something? Well, I had seen because when my sister moved into a new place and they noticed that the bathtub was leaking and it turned out that was actually the spot that it was leaking at. Yeah. So this was this was not a leak. This was, this was <laughs> a deluge due to me trying to. It's, this is classic. Do it yourself guy. Going to do something that I could hire somebody. And, and I see advertisements all over where it's like yeah. $75 to come unclog my drain. Instead of spending $75, I'm like, I've got a snake. I can fix this. And I had a tub full of water. And I and I took off the flange down there. Uh, and the idea was once I clear the, fl- the clog, the, the water will just go. And then I'll know. The problem is once you take off the flange, you take off the watertight integrity of the tub <laughs> to the drainage pipe and you create a waterfall in your living room. So, But at least you got experience. Oh, yeah. Tons of experience. Yeah. Collecting water and, <laughs> I did, I <laughs> and, and you didn't have to replace any uh, ABS pipe. No, I didn't have to replace any ABS pipe. And also, thankfully, directly underneath where my tub is, uh, is tile. So yeah. I didn't, um, yeah, I didn't really. Destroy floors. Yeah, I did destroy a bunch of ceiling drywall, which is no longer drywall. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> dry mud, I think. It's dry mud, dry mud. Dry, it's mud, mud wall. It's not drywall. Uh, anyway, well, you know, I'm glad I, I'm glad I can, you know, I'm a, I'm a cautionary tale to some. But I do have to say it's impressive to see how many home projects you take out, take on by yourself. And I kind of learned from your experience. So things to do, things not to do, and people to talk to when I have a project to work on. So <laughs> Yeah. And of course, uh, this week I also canceled my generator project. But that's a whole other... Uh, I, I Next gonna, podcast. I was going to buy a pot. I was going to buy a generator. I was going to put it on the house. Turned out because I have solar, it's way more complicated than my original plans. And so that was the end of that. So had to return the uh, generator to Costco. By the way, uh, uh, throughout our usual uh, disclaimer, Persona and I do both work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are ours. We'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, we love to talk about backups. We love to talk about real things that happen with regards to backup and real problems and real solutions. You know, do you have a product that you 
that you bought and it really solved a problem for you, we'd love to talk about that. Um, or do you have a product that, uh, you know, there's a feature of it that you don't like, you know, we had, um, last week we had a, a Veeam user that he likes Veeam. He just, there was one sort of, uh, feature that he thought wasn't documented as good as it could have been. Um, and, uh, you know, what, anything, you know, anything in the data protection, networking, security, ransomware, puppies, you know, <laughs> or if you're a uh, vendor and you want to come talk about yeah, your product, come yeah. reach out. We love having vendors on as well. We at are... least for now, we're not going to charge you to do that. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if that if that lasts forever. And then also be sure to rate this podcast on ratethispodcast.com slash restore. But uh, so speaking of cautionary tales, OVH. <laughs> as, our uh, favorite subject. Yeah, for those <laughs> listeners, if you haven't heard our last two podcasts yeah, go back and, and listen couple, to those. a couple podcasts or now three. we've been talking yeah. about ovh um and this giant conflagration that happened in march of 2021 uh that took out all of one data center and smoke damaged um a, a nearby data center and um you know we've talked with a couple people online customers and at first, the first, like, uh, the first version of this was, well, as long as you had paid for the company's backup service, you were going to be okay. Or if you did something else, right? If you did your own backups, uh, you would be okay. What came to, I, I think we figured this out before the last podcast, what it, what we came to realize was that the, Pay, the the four pay you know backup service that said that it physically the, the backups were triple replicated and physically isolated from the data that they were backing up the definition of physically isolated was not <laughs> one that would match my favorite rule three two um, one rule yeah it so so three so they, so that's triple replicated and all three copies in many cases were on prem in the same data center and that's what we um that's what we sort of deduced from various yeah. uh tweets and such yep. but now you found yeah the latest now, little piece of the story now tell us yeah, about that so now yeah so we talked about last time okay what do they what was going on. And now they recently came out 59 days later saying, okay, we saw everything that happened and they've done a good job of bringing things back up. I think they said that 98% of their services are back up and running. Well, he, so, so just, just to interrupt there, what he said, his exact words were that 98% of the services have been restored. And Sorry. he uses that word in the generic sense, because he does yeah. not mean it in the, the sense that yeah. I would use it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is not that you have your data back up and running and everything is good to go because if you didn't have a backup, you're screwed. Right. It's just that the services, the, the infrastructure services, is now available. The infrastructure yeah. is now available again. Yep. Which is which is would, which is something really important to understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but 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 to their credit, right? Going from everything completely burned down 
to I know last time we saw those pictures of them cleaning the motherboards oh with Q-tips and soap and all the rest, right? To having 98% of the services up and running, I think is a huge deal. So I want to give them credit, right? Just to be able to get things back up and running. Now, I know, Curtis, you don't like this part, but I do think that where they did fail is they've lost user data, they, right? Yeah, they and lost that's user data. And more importantly, user data that they charged to, to back, back up. up. Yes. Now, all of those things in the past, right? Now, going forward, they've basically put forward a five-year hyper-resiliency plan is what they're calling it. Where yeah. over the next five years, they're going to invest to try to make sure this never happens again. So there were, what, three? Let's just review the three points real quick, and then we'll talk about them. Yeah. So, so one, the, go ahead. So, sure. So the first is that they're building out a new data center in a region that does not, actually, a new service in a region that doesn't contain any production data. And it's actually going to have four data centers, and it's only going to be dedicated for backups. Right. So all their backups are going to go there. And these are their right. internal backups, I should call out, right? So all internal backups go there. So that's kind of the first point. Otherwise known as their backup service, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, uh, no, this is their backups that they use internally to make sure things come back up, right? Not necessarily what yeah, they I'm would offer. I'm not sure I quite understand the, because the, the, I, 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 when... This is what this is what I, I reached out to Octave and I, I I asked him to come on the podcast because I'm because when I when I I saw I saw um, reference to internal backups and the way they've referred to internal backups in the past or during this outage is these are backups that you can't really count on for you they're yes. not for you yes. they're for so, us. So Yes. So, so that's what these are. So just to clarify, right? So that was the mm -hmm. first point. They're building a data center to hold your internal backups there. The second point is that they now are going to allow customers to use those internal backups as their own backups. Okay. Right. So as a customer, I should be able to take those backups and use it for my restore purposes for my recovery purposes rather than it being hidden away and only being used for internal purposes by OVH. Okay. And then the third leg and then the, of the thing. The third leg is that they are looking to redesign how they're doing their data centers to make them more resilient to start mm -hmm. with. Um so they're going to also start with having more data centers that are spread out in a single region. Um, so they're looking at three data centers working together um, kind of what other hyperscalers do if I look at Amazon and Azure and yeah. everyone else. But they're looking at that. And the first one is going to be Paris, but they're going to provide that across other existing um, data centers as well. So this is over the next five years. This is their plan. So it's nice that they at least have a plan in place. And, and how much did they say they were going to spend on this? So they said millions of euros. Now, I know you and I had the conversation about what does millions mean? Because yeah, at least I to mean, me, when I heard millions, I was like, there's nothing you can do with millions of euros for what you're yeah, trying to do. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, 500 million is millions. That's true. Um, but I think, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and, and then the, the, just sort of an overlay is that he did say somewhere in there, he said that uh, they wanted to become the experts in backup. Yes, and that was yeah, to, and we'll get yeah. to that as well when we talk yeah. about to the, it. To which I will say, then they've got an awfully long way to go. Yeah. 
based on the the past performance. But but, um, but I do want to give them credit for at least having a plan in place because at least at that point it's something you can start executing against. Now I know in this podcast we'll talk about okay some of this sounds great but where are the gaps right, right. what are some of the pitfalls. So let's so. let's talk about the first one first, uh, and that is this idea of creating a, you know, basically a, a completely separate data center. Uh, I'm sorry, a completely separate region where they're going to send backup data. Yep. Uh, and that region is going to compose of multiple data centers. Um, Which I think is a good idea, right? I I think that's a great idea, right? In fact, that's that's something that. Um, you know, I know I advise customers to do. It's very common, for example, with a with a you know a cloud customer, an IaaS specifically customer, to have let's say you know like an Amazon customer to have literally hundreds of production Amazon accounts, right? Yep. Um, and what I advise is to create a single account in a different region than anywhere else you're doing business. And then send all your do cross region cross account backups and send all your backups to that account. Um, and, and maybe you don't have to do all one account, but that uh, just the premise is very similar to what they're talking about, right? Is to to centralize and 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 isolate the backups by putting them in a different a different account in a different region. So I agree. I think that that's a good idea. What about you? Yeah. No, I think it's a great idea because everything is separate. You can, and especially with ransomware becoming more prevalent these days, mm-hmm. right? Having something completely isolated makes sense. Now, I, of course, would want to understand, okay, what is that mechanism to keep that isolation, right? How is the data getting over there, mm-hmm. et cetera, right? Because- Yeah, and, and there is this reference, well, we're going to talk more about the internal backups, but the, I, I, I'm curious to know how- this is different than what they had before where they had this backup service that you had to pay for. Is this different than that? Is that the same as that? Uh, Cause so, I, you know, so it looks like it's multiple parts, right? This is going to still be used for their internal backups. And then when we talk about the next one where customers can now start to use internal backups, mm-hmm. right. Um, then we can talk about that, but this is just providing the infrastructure. No, I understand. Um, I just, I just wonder how, like, because they also, in the previous iteration, they referenced a, like a difference between internal backups and the backup service. So what does that mean for the backup service? Which it turns out the backup service wasn't that great. Um, so, you know. My, and my assumption is it'll probably leverage the same infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But that is an assumption. So if you are an OVH customer and they do offer this new service, read the fine print, ask the questions yeah. <laughs> to make sure that, yes, this is uh, what so I, you expect it to be. But I do think the idea of a separate region, separate data centers, um, you know, I would I would think that, you know, if they're going to have multiple copies of the backup, those multiple copies need to be in separate data centers in that region. Yeah. Um <laughs> but and that, and that region can be isolated. So here's my question for you, though, Curtis. Mm-hmm. Given GDPR and compliance regulations and all the rest, and OVH is a primarily European, but I know mm-hmm. that they have data centers in the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. How are they going to deal with these sort of regulations in terms of having only a single 
data center for storing all their backups. Well, I don't think sorry, a single region. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see how that would come up against regulations. I mean, the first the first place I thought you were going was it whether or not in order to have isolation, they were going to leave country. I, I don't see them doing that. Right. It'll but, be but, but, like but, in the, what? but it depends. But OVH is spread out throughout the EU and the US. Right. And they mentioned only that they're building. Now, I can't tell if they're building oh. a backup data center per region that they're in. Or if it's just one central. Yeah. Okay, so now up. that that is a really interesting question. Is is are it? Well, I, I mean, they're Europeans. They're going to do the right thing for GDPR, right? They're not going to create a single region in Europe. Well, for, as long as I you're mean, within the EU, it would be acceptable, I, right? I, 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 I'm pretty sure some of the countries mm. require the data to stay in country. Like I, I'm thinking of Germany. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure some of the countries, I, I may be wrong. Um, clearly, I am not a European. Well, <laughs> I am of European descent, but I am not I am not a European. Uh, so that so that's actually a valid question. I, I thought you were just saying. Um, now, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they are building a backup infrastructure per country or whatever else. That I don't know. There wasn't enough details. Well, I'm assuming they're not going to create a massive multi-million dollar you know, um, backup data center that doesn't comply with GDPR. Yeah. So that, so that's a perfectly valid question. Um, but it's good though, because you can have all your infrastructure or you can have all the backups in one place. It's isolated. I would worry about maybe potentially some of your restore times. I'm mm -hmm. guessing they're not going to be, because they said that it's not hosting production. That means in the case that a DR event happens and production goes down and I need to restore it, that now yep. means I need Basically, to move yeah. the data out. Again. In case <laughs> of what happened this time, right? Um, but it doesn't mean just because you're building a separate data center doesn't mean that's the only copy of the data. That might just that be the true. ultimate copy of the data, right? Um, they could still have, because they were talking about triple, you know, in, in the current thing, they were talking about triple replication. So are they going to have a local copy that is there for 99% of events? Yeah. And then for the 1%, this like, is like what happened, this yeah. is a DR and, 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 you know, any, any restore speed is better than what many of their customers got yeah. this time. Yep. No, I think but that's, that's, per, that's a good point. Yeah. Perfectly valid, uh, concern. Okay. What's, what was the second one? So the second one is now that they have this new backup infrastructure, they want to use their internal backups for other purposes to allow customers to take their own backups for free was what they had said. Mm -hmm. And it would work across all services. So I'll stop there and then I'll get into the next stuff, which is a more uh, dicey. Yeah. Ones. So <laughs> this, this, for free, this for free part is interesting. Um, because depending on how you take backups, you can use quite a bit of storage. I, I'm wondering if for free means the way Amazon does backups, where the service is free, the storage is not. But the storage, yeah. That was one thing that definitely comes to mind. The second thing is a lot of people also keep backups for compliance reasons, right? Like long-term retention. And in this case, because you're basing it off of their internal backup service, yeah. which is more, more than likely only intended for those operational recovery use cases, not necessarily compliance, 
right? It probably won't satisfy those needs and you probably, and you may need another mechanism. Man, this thing is, this thing has more questions than it has answers. Um, all this information comes from an eight and a half minute video. Yeah. That <laughs> of, of which about a minute and a half was about this topic. Yes. So uh, we're trying to figure out as much as possible based on the little information available. But these are the questions that I think both of us had, like that popped into our minds. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because I, I, many of my questions go back to what is the internal backup versus that backup service that they used to have? The scarier part of this, though, right, uh-huh. the one is at the same time when they were talking about this in the video, they also mentioned how OVH wants to become expert of backup mm-hmm. and integrate all products that customers use today in their data center or in OVH into OVH. Is it Was this the third or this is no, part this of is the second? No, this is part of the second. Okay. okay. Which kind of blew my mind, having been in this space for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah, so that's why earlier I said what they got a long way to go, right? Because they had a backup service. They had a backup service that people paid money for that claimed to be saving their data in triple replicated copies and isolating the data. And they were storing it, you know, 20 feet away in in another (laughs) rack. I mean, I think that meets COVID isolation protocol, but not not fire. But, But, and even then, it kind of worries me in the sense of what is the core expertise of OVH, right? Is it to be a backup vendor or is it really to provide cloud services for customers and host production and backup? Yes, is important, but... I can think of that they won't be the first company to come out with a backup product when they have people in the company that aren't specialists in backups. Yeah. I, I can think about backup products that I've interacted with before in my way too long time. And I can remember talking with them and it's like, how do you not have this feature? Oof. Right? <laughs> how do you not have this? This is this is table stakes. This is not yep. fancy, you know, automated backup and recovery testing. This is like you know, it's like you're you're making buckets and you don't know that they have to hold all the water, right? <laughs> it's like, yep. but this bucket is beautiful and it has the most gorgeous designs, but it doesn't hold water. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's it's feature like number one, yeah. right? You know, and, and there's no handle and, you know, and you, you need these things in a bucket yeah. and they're like, but it spins and it's so pretty and you're like, but, 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 you know, <laughs> I, I, I've seen that. And so I, I guess they won't be the first, if, if they do that, they won't be the first company to try to come out with a backup and recovery service that without people that clearly are no. <clears throat> backup and recovery specialists. Yeah. So that's why I take that one with a little grain of salt. I think anything they do beyond what they have today is better than nothing. Right. I think well, it's I just know plenty of people that will be happy to advise them on their ideas and their designs. Uh, I would be happy to advise them on their ideas and their designs and, and to say, well, that's, you know, that's a that's a good one. What about this problem? Right. Yep. 
But yeah, yeah, this whole thing of like integrating the back. And again, that makes me go back to Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like with Amazon backup, right? That They want to integrate it in with all of the, all of the things that you can buy on Amazon, that each of them are integrated with Amazon backup. And that in and of itself has proved uh, quite challenging Very for difficult. Amazon, yeah. right? Because um, everyone's yeah. running at such a fast pace when you try to standardize across all these services, you either dumb everything down or you just leave some things off the product. Right, right. Um, so I, I, I applaud the effort of making the backups usable by the end user and integrating it with all the things. Um, it does fall under the thing of like boiling the ocean Mm -hmm. And, and there's a little bit of how do you not already have this at this mm. point in technology? How are you yeah. <laughs> uh, the largest cloud provider based in Europe and you don't already have this functionality built into your product? It's a, it's a little surprising. Yep. Um, it's definitely opened a lot of, or it's exposed a lot of what they do under the covers that I'm sure people never asked before. <laughs> It's also closed a lot of businesses. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are companies that basically ceased to exist that day. Now, now there are some who didn't do anything, who didn't use the service, didn't do any backups, and just sort of believed in the power of the cloud. But those people, their businesses went out of business. I have I have no sympathy for them, right? Um, th this is what we preach all the time. And if you're in the cloud and you think that the cloud is magic, uh, it's not. It's pixie dust and unicorns. It's, it's, it's absolutely. Yeah. So, but, but the people, the companies that I feel for are the ones that actually pay for the backup service. Yeah. So, all right. So what's the third piece? So the third piece is they now want to provide hyper resilience of their services. And what this means is um, they're looking to upgrade all of their data centers and how they actually build out their data centers and their services to be more resilient. So um, for instance, they want to have three data centers all working together in the same region to provide services that are available in case there are failures like what we saw in this fire. So services like PaaS databases and things like that? So they just announced that they're providing a database as a service offering with MongoDB. Just seems like an odd place to start. Yeah. But I think also maybe potentially some of their other services as well. And they're going to slowly start rolling this out and upgrading even their existing data centers. Um, and they're looking, I actually saw a video where they're looking at their new proof of concept for data center designs and things like that. So they're starting to work on it, but it will take time. So three data centers located a good distance apart yes in each region yep for these services yep that sounds very familiar persona <laughs> <laughs> really curtis i think there might be the first uh, no they're not the first but i think it's now become sort of standard practice if you look at a lot of the other hyperscalers or even private cloud companies right they're now using um, multiple data centers to provide that availability in case a data center goes down um, in flames, right? Within a region, they're still able to keep those services up and running. Yeah. I mean, 
some of their services and some of any cloud provider services are you, you should design for failure because that's the way they're designed, right? So like uh, VMs, for yeah. example, they're not going to make VMs triple, triple, triply available. <laughs> that's not <laughs> word, triply yeah. available. They're not going to make, um, you know, VMs hyper-resilient. They will give you the, the infrastructure so that you can yeah. design your own hyper hyper resilient platform with with VMs. But I think what they're talking about are the services that they provide. Yeah, whatever those are. I I, I know absolutely nothing about OVH other than that they had a big data center fire yeah. prior. Because you know, because I don't live in Europe, I I hadn't even heard of OVH prior to this big fire. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's the way a lot of people are. Yeah. Right. Um, this is a PR. Well, it, you know, it's one of the, you know, what what's it? No such news. There's no such news as bad news or any good news is good news. I don't yeah. know. The, you know, <laughs> but, um, but, but I think this is a chance for them to turn things around. You know, I think, yes, bad things happened. Um, and now I think it's a sort of wait and see what they're planning to do and can they fix the problems that they've had in the past. I'm sort of a give everyone a benefit of a doubt sort of a person, but that's just me. Yeah, I I, I do. Uh, okay, so I, like you, I I applaud their plan. Um, it's got pieces that sound good. I, I'm not going to say it has all the pieces mm-hmm. because I agree. we yep. have every one of these, we have questions as to what exactly that means, right? Um, because like you said, it was only a minute and a half. Um, I've extended, uh, you know, if anybody's listening to this and they have any relationship with OVH, I would love to talk to them. Um, I've extended uh, the invitation to come on the podcast and talk to us. Um, I, I, I do applaud their changes. Uh, I, I am a bit surprised that it seems like they just discovered these concepts, mm. right? I'm also a bit concerned that there are other cloud providers out there that that aren't Amazon or Azure or IBM's cloud or Google cloud. What about Oracle cloud? There's no such thing as an Oracle cloud. <laughs> I, I, Larry Ellison told me there's no such thing as a cloud. I remember him saying those exact words. <laughs> um, <laughs> or Oracle cloud, whatever. You know, other small cloud providers that also are doing the wrong thing or not doing the right things or yep. however you want to put that. And as an end user, you might be exposed and you don't even know it, right? Right. If, if it could happen to you and your company may cease to exist. Have you heard the phrase on the internet, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog? Have you heard that before? No. It's an old phrase. Um, it, it's, is, it a, it, is it your dad phrase? It is. It's got, well, my dad didn't know about the internet, but... He does now, but um, it, it's definitely an old guy internet phrase. Yeah. It, you know, it, it was back in the early days of online dating. Like, mm. hey, on the internet, she doesn't know you're a dog. You know, meaning mm. that you're ugly. On the internet, you don't know if your if your company has yep. backups. So let's say I'm an OVH customer. What do I do for the next five years while they're getting their stuff sorted out? I think you should make sure you have a backup service in place. Don't yeah. trust what they provide. Go find out your own. Right. And if you if there isn't a good way for you to back it up, maybe you might want to consider a different provider 
that offers a right. capability that allows you to protect your data. I've got to guess that that this incident has been a good thing for AWS and Azure sales reps in Europe. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when we first covered this, we referred to them as Europe's largest cloud provider. They're not. They're not even close. They are the largest cloud provider headquartered in Europe, which is something very different. <laughs> very different. Yep. Because uh, <clears throat> another large cloud provider reached out to me. <laughs> <laughs> and corrected you. They were like, uh, ahem, uh, they are not the largest provider. But uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, if you're an OVH customer today, look and figure out how you do your backups. You know, um, I, kn I know in the case of like our product, even though we don't have direct support for OVH, we can, you know, you can put an agent in, yep. you can put our agent, it's source side deduplication. So you can put our agent in any VM anywhere. We don't care. Um, you can at least get the backup of the data. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's a solid DR plan, but at least you won't be completely SOL when the feces hits the rotary oscillator. Did you get that little reference there? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it took me a second um, with rotary oscillator. I was like, huh? Oh. Yeah. You're yeah. like, mar, mar, mar. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, anything else we want to do on this one? Uh, no. Um, I think that is it. You it might be this, is, this will be like our shortest podcast ever. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I was just going to say, if you have, if you're a customer of a different cloud provider and you've run into a similar sort of issue, yeah. reach out, let us know because it's great to see what happened to you and what you did in order to deal with sort of going forward from that point in time. Yeah. Right? What did do, you, what, have, have you talked to your cloud provider? Have they, have they confirmed, you know, do you have it in writing that you have a, an offsite backup? Did you get some different answer? Did you get some wishy-washy answer like what we saw with weird words like physically isolated? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Um, or did you get something very straightforward um, in terms of, um, yeah, that would be that would be interesting to have that conversation. Another thing that you can do for when you have when you're using a cloud provider that doesn't that isn't supported by you know because I I don't think any of the you know, mainstream backup products, or even whatever, whatever is just below mainstream backup products. I don't think anybody has commercial support for OVH as a cloud, yeah. right? Um, so another thing you can do is for databases and applications and things like that is what we call the dump and sweep approach, right? Pick a VM and uh, NFS mount it to uh, your other VMs and dump you know dump your databases to that vm and then back up that vm using some cloud-friendly backup product what you're going to want to look for you're going to want to look for source side deduplication right that is critical because what that means is it's going to do the dedupe at the very beginning of the process it's going to do the dedupe at that client which means that you're going to reduce the amount of data that is both stored and sent. And that, that second one is, I think, the critical part for backing up cloud infrastructure. There are a number of products that have that use the target dedupe approach, and they will try to tell you that the, the, the source dedupe approach uh, uses a lot more CPU, to which I say balderdash. 
mm-hmm. um, I say that, well, technically, yes, the slicing up, right? Because the way it works, it slices it up into pieces, creates a hash, does a hash table lookup. All that work does take CPU, and that's work that a regular backup product doesn't have to do. But if 95% of the blocks don't get transferred because of the DDU process, you're saving both time and CPU and bandwidth. How can you argue against that, right? Um, A good source-side DDU product should be faster, consume overall less CPU, and and you know and certainly less bandwidth than yeah. a than a different a different one. I was also going to mention as well, depending on where you're sending that data to, there may also be egress costs with your yes. cloud provider. So yeah. that's why it becomes even more important to reduce the amount of data you send over the network. Well, what what some competitors might do is they might put a VM. Well, like many of our competitors, that's what they would do is they would put a VM and you would back up to that VM, that's where the dedupe would happen. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, so theoretically the amount of egress, if you're sending it out of the, out of the, your cloud world would be the same as what it would if you use a source ID, but you'd have, you'd have the egress charges plus the charge of that VM. Yeah. uh, That's going to run the, the, the target dedupe stuff. Should we just review what the difference between target and source dedupe? Do you want to? Sure. So target dedupe is where someone is sending you the backup over the network and your target, the storage array you're writing to, actually does a deduplication. So it does all its lookups internally, tosses whatever data is not unique, and then only stores the unique data. Can you give me an example? So uh, one of the well-known examples is data domain. Right. uh, Where it is a deduplicated appliance, which throws the data away that is not uh, unique and then only stores unique data. So you get great efficiencies in terms of storing multiple backups on it. Yeah. So data so, domain, exagrid, quantum, also rubric and cohesity. Yep. Yeah. Net backup storage appliance. Some of them support boost, which sort of cooperates and actually will do source ID, but you still need that appliance somewhere. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, Boost is very specific to data domain. But yes, yeah. uh, most people well, have a storage side. There's a Boosty type. There's a Boosty yeah. type uh, <laughs> thing. Yes. Uh, and then source side is what? Yeah. And then source side is where instead of doing all of the processing on the target side, you kind of offload the processing to figure out the deduplicated blocks, if you will, to the client. So what the client would do is it would take the data, it would kind of chunk it out into individual segments, and it would compute a fingerprint on that particular chunk, and then ask the target storage, okay, do you have this chunk or not? If it does, great, I don't need to send it over the network. If it doesn't have it, then it'll actually only send that one particular unique chunk, and that gets stored on the uh, target side. Yeah, so it so kind you, of offloads the processing to the client, and and the thing is, there there is there is a trade off, right? So you're you are going to do more work on the client from a dedupe perspective, but the result should be there's less work being done actually transferring the data, right? And um, source dedupe works really well when you have a system just in the middle of nowhere. It works really well for laptops, for example, phones, uh, and also for random VMs that happen to be in a cloud provider somewhere. Yep. Because the, the best thing about it is that you don't need any local hardware. Mm-hmm. The, the, all the backup hardware is in wherever that cloud 
that backup provider happens to run. Um, and source site products, obviously, uh, Druva is a source site product. Avamar uh, is another source product. Uh, Commvault, I believe, has regular source backups. Um, I, I'm not sure if Net Backup does. I think it might now. I think it does with all the OST work that they've done. Right, right. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other source side dedupe products. I think, and I, I believe Clumio also is a source side dedupe product also. So and I believe Cohesity does as well because Cohesity has the agent plus the target, right? So they do the exact same thing that they do with Boost. So they don't actually oh, send okay. the full backup if everything gets tossed. They do the segment processing on the client. Okay. Unless you're doing the over NFS and then it's only a target dedupe. Okay. All right. Well, it's been lovely chatting with you again about <laughs> our friends, our friends over at OVH, who we've never met. Please, someone from OVH, come on the podcast. Talk to we're us. Not, we're friendly. We're not. We're not mad at you. I mean, we. Well, we're not any more mad at you than some of your customers. <laughs> um, and you know, and we we just want to understand like wh what it is that you're doing to move forward. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, thank you for the listener for uh, continuing to listen and be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had chance to fix it instead it's all jacked up see how i'll write on facebook about you don't underestimate the things that i will do there was a file but i deleted it too bad your backup system isn't worth the space
run Hoping that just for once it'll be completely done